Hello, beloved children of God. I'm Grace Seaman, and you're listening to Catholic in College, a podcast to encourage college students that we're not alone in practicing our faith, even in the midst of a secular college culture. Today, I'm talking to Serena Stokes, former focus missionary at UNL. She is sharing her story of encountering Christ, how he has redeemed her, and what he has in store for her for the next part of her journey. All right, Serena, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. If I was any better, there'd be two of me, Grace. I don't know if I could handle two of you. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. All right. Are you excited to share your story? I'm very excited, yes. Okay, good. I am excited to hear about it. So why don't you just start by telling me about your faith growing up? Yeah. um, So growing up, I feel like I was incredibly blessed my parents were very unapologetically Catholic. They led like RCIA classes, baptism classes. My mom was just like this cute little religious teacher while my sister and I were at home. And yeah, I went to Catholic school my whole life. And so I just always had this relationship with God. I, I knew him, I felt like I knew him personally in a way. Unlike some people growing up, it kind of feels as if it's a chore to do. But I was just really, yeah, blessed in that way. And um, yeah, I went to Catholic school from, gosh, kindergarten until my senior year of high school. And, you know, but early on, it wasn't really until I would say like my parents divorced that everything started to get a little cattywampus in my life, which was in fourth grade. But up until that point, just I look back and sincere amounts of gratitude for my parents and how they raised me in the Catholic faith. Yeah. 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 Why don't you talk about like the effect of your parents' divorce and your faith? Yeah. Well, as you can imagine, it was pretty traumatic (laughs) as a little kid. I mean, Grace, you've heard me talk about this before, but I, yeah, I just felt like my world, um, fell apart was like, you're supposed to be raised in this home of love, and yet my parents don't even love themselves, don't even love each other. And in a way, I felt as if the divorce was my fault. There was a lot going on there, and so I blamed myself a lot. And as a little kid, I acted out in that way, just a lot of anger, a lot of hurt. I felt like my my little my little girl heart was bleeding out. <laughs> and I'm the type of person who doesn't hide her emotions very well. And so I acted out in a lot of anger, um, which led to a lot of destruction and relationships and such. But um, yeah, I would say just kind of fell away from God very early on in that way. But he always was very near to my heart, if that makes sense. But because I thought my parents' divorce was my fault, I had to earn back my goodness um, or I had to restore something. Um, mend what was broken or lost and so I kind of look back and that's really the my whole faith journey was like from that point on I feel like so yeah so how did that affect your faith going into high school yeah so going into high school um, because I was just really angry really hurting I fought with my parents a lot Um, at one point (laughs) to the point that my mom kicked me out of the house at one point and was just, yeah, really rambunctious and getting into trouble at school. 
Um, and so early on, I was already getting into the drinking, the partying, the the guys, relationships, such like that. And mostly because I felt like I was so bad that that's the only way that I could act. And honestly, I think I just wanted people to know I was in pain. I wanted my parents to see that I was hurting so bad, but I wasn't met with that compassion or whatnot. And so that's kind of what it was like going into high school. It was, yeah, very lonely and really hard. I'm just very hardened of heart, I feel like. Yeah. What were those, or maybe just, yeah, any moments of encounter with Christ in high school? And then how did you respond to that? Yeah. Yeah. So praise God, praise God going into my sophomore year of high school. My my mom made me go on a Steubenville West retreat. So I'm from Arizona, Steuby West, Tucson, Arizona. And uh, she told me, she's like, Serena, if you don't come back from this retreat, a changed person, I don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> it was kind of this joke, but um, it, it actually was very real. And she also wrote me a very tender-hearted letter going on to that retreat. So whatever. But yeah, that was, um, I went on this retreat and I was like, okay, great. Like I'll go. My best friend at the time was going, Kimmy Garrido. She was going to this retreat with me. So I was like, yeah, Kimmy and I, we'll just party it up over there, you know, like just wreak havoc, whatever. (laughs) And, uh, that Saturday night, the Lord just came into my life in a very profound way, um, in adoration with the Eucharist. And I'm going to tear up just thinking about it because I just love the Lord so much. And Jesus just was right in front of me. I was, I mean, a million rows back, but he was just right there. And he, I was, I remember sitting there and I began to get incredibly angry, so mad. I just started lashing out on him and just screaming. I probably cried out audibly from the audience and was just really PO'd because of my life and the way that it was turning out and the things that were happening and my parents' divorce. That was the majority of it. And I just heard so clearly Jesus say, like, I'm right here. Like, I haven't left you. And just written into my heart all of a sudden, it was like this blooming, like this blooming flower that just came over every part of me. And I just started sobbing and I just felt this embrace around me, not like a a human embrace, but just like this, this embrace of the spirit and just knowing I'm chosen to do something great with my life. Like he's destined for me to become something because I'm just, I'm too good. And that I felt like even at a young age, I knew that, but because of this really incredible wound in my heart from divorce, also some other things that went on in early childhood, um, I just forgotten about that or I allowed the world to tell me what I am. And so my response to that after the retreat is I came back and did a complete 180. I mean, to the point where The next day I knocked on my friend's door coming back from the retreat and I looked so different that she didn't even recognize me when I came to the door. And I had to tell her like, hey Megan, like ready to go swimming? And she was thrown off until I opened my mouth because she couldn't tell who I was. 
Um, I lost all of my friends that year. Uh, high school, my journey was very lonely from then on and really hard. But I just, I only wanted the heart of the Lord from then po- that point on. Um, yeah. That's incredible. I don't think I had heard that part where your friend didn't even recognize you. My mom didn't either. That just reminds me of like, <laughs> I don't know, some people are confused by how people don't recognize Jesus after the resurrection. Yes. That just, the parallels there. Wow, yeah. new life. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so after this encounter, you're completely changed. Mm-hmm. Was your faith perfect then, though? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, I don't know. Like a lot of saint <laughs> stories, it's like horrible life, conversion, yeah. perfect. Yeah. But that is, I know it's not the no. case. No. So yeah, because yeah, hearing that. your story, this is something that that strikes home with you. But no, it wasn't because then goes on to the point of, oh my gosh, I've already at this young age done all of these horrible things in my life. um, And therefore I need to earn back my goodness. I was like, I just ripped my parents' hearts to shred, shreds because of everything that I've done and whatever. And I'm so young at this age, really. I'm like, geez, man, 16 years old. Anyway, so I was like, I have to to earn back my goodness. And I really just started to get involved in my home parish. I mean, did I really know how to pray? (sighs) Yeah, kind of. I mean, as much as you can when you're in high school, right? And I mean, was I still incredibly hardened of heart and angry? Yes. Like my parents would say I was hyper-temperamental, rambunctious, hot-tempered. If you so much as said something, I was just blew up. Um, I actually laugh because uh, one of the great Carmelites, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, her biggest fault was her temper. She was very hot-headed, super. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Like the saints relate. Um, So yeah. And I even, my senior year, started dating a guy and Wanted everybody to think that I was this perfect person, but they didn't know what was going on. Like in the relationship it was like this great Catholic relationship, but um, I mean, we were young, high school, hurting kids, you know. So, yeah, definitely wasn't perfect <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, can you share like the part of your journey through college? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the difference then with going into college than when I did going into high school was in college, I was just like, I need to achieve. I was like, I need to be great. I need to place my identity in many other things. So even though I had this radical encounter with Christ at Steubenville three years prior, four years prior, and was beginning to know the Lord, um, and have like a personal relationship with him, there's just uh, layers layers to be peeled back. I felt like if I wanted to be seen, I needed to excel in all of these different areas in my life. And I think that was the majority of it. It was like I wasn't seen by my parents um, or heard by them in my pain. I wasn't seen by any of my peers, very lonely. So therefore, I just needed to dive into being the best in school, uh, 
getting a good job, um, having the perfect relationship, the perfect friendships. I needed to be Miss Popularity. I needed to be um, just like this. This one sounds so minuscule, but it was huge for me. But just like this really powerful, strong person in the gym with whatever and uh, executive board of my sorority. And so going into college, I just had this mindset. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be something. Um, and yeah. And so that just really coming into, I don't know, going out of my sophomore year of college when I felt like I reached my peak and like my whole entire life really, um, slowly bit by bit, everything started fading away. You know, the, um, my awesome internship that I had ended for the year, right? So it was over, um, position on my sorority, uh, the executive board, whatever that ended, whatever. I was like, what? Um, many of my friendships started, uh, not lasting, fading away. Um, honestly, praise God for that sometimes. And, uh, my boyfriend and I broke up that really just pulled the rug out from under me big time. And also I was, I was going off to study abroad. And so I knew that that would be super easy for grades. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I don't have to really try or anything. And so now I just felt like stripped of my identity, stripped of all of my achievements and was kind of left with this gaping hole in my heart where I was like trying to fill this desire to be seen and loved and known with all of these things that are so easy to do in college. Um, and now it was gone. So, yeah, I think you were, what you were talking about with the loneliness and the wanting to be known is a very common thing going into college, especially coming from like maybe smaller schools where everybody knows everybody and then getting into like a huge campus where nobody knows you and nobody cares. Yeah. And like maybe being away from your parents who want to check up on you every day. Mm-hmm. It's like nobody cares. So yeah, very relatable. Yeah, so with everything being stripped away that you thought was your identity, how do you see, like looking back on it now, how do you see God working in that? Oh gosh, in a million and one ways. Uh, I think, I, wow, I really think about how, uh, again, I was so hardened of heart. I think oftentimes of, I'm going to bring in a Bible verse here because it really hits home for me, but it's Ezekiel 36, uh, verse 26, and it says, I will take out of your flesh your heart of stone, and I will put in you a new heart of flesh and a new spirit within you. And I just think uh, I built up this armor, like this stony heart, um, this armor around myself for so long, and he couldn't penetrate could he if you really wanted to? Yeah. But I also was just like actively not choosing him and also just so hurting. If he were to come in, I'd probably be terrified out of my mind, right? <laughs> I think of like when Jesus sh- showed his face at the transfiguration, like Peter, James, and John like fell over and like pooped their pants practically. <laughs> I'm like, holy cannoli, man. Yeah. And so I look back and Honestly, I'm filled with unbelievable amounts of gratitude because he was stripping me of my armor. 
um, stripping me of these uh, self-protections that I had. And just, he just wanted me to be vulnerable. Like that's what, that's a sacred heart is, is pure vulnerability and nakedness and being stripped. And, but I was like, if I'm stripped, if I'm vulnerable, people see this bleeding heart, you know? Um, but that's, that's what he wants in order to make us new. And so I look back and I just, yeah, I see him just taking away those little stony pieces, those arm, that armor and, uh, yeah, just turning me into something new. Um, didn't know that then, but (laughs) I do now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So currently, for now, you're a focus missionary at mm-hmm. UNL. Mm-hmm. Why did you decide to get involved with that? Yeah, with focus? Yes. So focus is at uh, Northern Arizona University, which is where I went to college in Flagstaff, Arizona. And my sophomore year of college, mind you, I wanted to be perfect, achieve a lot, yada, yada, yada. I got asked to um, lead a Bible study um, and be in discipleship with focus I did not understand this at all zero absolutely not whatsoever but I was like oh yeah if I want to achieve in my faith like I need to lead a bible study um and so I said yes was I living with any sort of moral authority not really (laughs) and so that's when I first started getting involved with my sophomore year um because the president in my sorority was actually going to be a focused missionary once she graduated. Um, And then my junior year didn't have anything to do with focus. Um, And then came back my senior year and a new missionary was on campus and I approached her, Lexi Weber, love her a lot, Um, and told her that I wanted to be involved in focus again still didn't really understand but I think it was the prompting of the Holy Spirit being like Serena you you need to you need to reach out to a missionary for some reason I mean I know now but um and yeah and so then a couple months later she prompted me to apply to be a focused missionary and the Lord made it abundantly clear this is where he wanted me to be and that's really how I started to know focus then <laughs> yeah so then what was your experience like coming to UNL your first few years yeah terrifying (laughs) terrifying but exhilarating like I I knew that the Lord wanted me here there's so it was as clear as day just no hesitations about it and uh being at training I didn't know really, again, I didn't really understand focus. I didn't understand the model of focus. Why? What really, how how to live mission? And I I wasn't even that convicted in it at the time. I just knew Jesus wants me here, so I'm going to take that step forward and just see what happens. And also the unbelievable amounts of attack that Satan had on me to not get me to UNL was unbelievable and so I was like scared in that way but I was also as I said exhilarating because I was like if Satan 
like is trying this hard to not get me here, then there's going to be something really profound that's about ready to happen in my life. Um, so like hopping onto campus, I just, yeah, I was pumped. I was already madly in love with all the students in my team because I'd just been praying for so long for y'all. And yeah, but I had no idea what I was doing. And I was like, I'm supposed to be leading people and <laughs> teaching people about the love of Christ when I'm still like fresh out of conversion, basically. And, uh, <laughs> but the Lord's so good. So, yeah. Yeah. So, what does the next part of your journey with the Lord hold? <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, He just kind of asks me to take these radical leaps of faith. But going into focus, I kind of expected to be a lifer, which means to do this for the rest of my life, um, for the long run. And so I applied to be a team director with Focus, was really pumped about that. And, but the Lord made it again, as clear as day, uh, asking me to leave staff with Focus um, mid-April. And I didn't know why. When he told me this in prayer, I about flew out of the pew but I was overcome with so much peace. I just started weeping and I was like, well, what is, what does that mean? What do you want me to do? And so, um, through a lot of, uh, prayer and searching through my, my dreams and desires and longings, uh, yeah, the father's calling me to go to Europe. I'm, uh, yeah, I booked a one-way ticket July 22nd, packing up a backpack and flying to Prague, Czech Republic. And yeah, God the Father is just going to take me on this pilgrimage with him. Um, I think of restoration, of encountering beauty with he who is the creator of beauty itself. And yeah, just showing me how to truly be a child. Um how long I'll be gone for, I have no idea. But that's that's the next part of my journey. I think that is so beautiful. I'm tearing up a little bit. But like how far you've come with trust and knowing that you're loved enough yeah. to put that trust in him of I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but I know he wants me here. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to try to bring it to a close here. What words of encouragement can you share with everyone listening based on your story? Yeah, I would say no matter what has ever happened to you in your life, no matter what people have said, what people have done, no matter what you have done because of that hurt, no matter how far away from home you go, home as in the heart of the father, your home is always in his arms no matter how far away you go. And I would even say in like the most empty and lonely and broken times of your life, like when you're late at night crying yourself to sleep or when you're driving in the car and you're just so furious and pounding your head against the steering wheel, you're encountering the heart of the Father calling you home. And just run after that and don't stop no matter what, because the world will tell you that your home is based off of what people say or what you do, 
but what you truly yearn for is is him and there's nothing you can ever do to pull him away from you just run back to him yeah thanks so much for joining me serena and for sharing your story today remember that you're never alone in your faith next episode serena will be joining me again to convince you all to join a bible study until then let's all keep striving to be open be present and be loved